Okay. One, two, three. Hey! Welcome back to Trailblazing for Success. Welcome back. Luke. Yes. Today we have an awesome leader and friend. Super special guest. I like him a lot. Yeah, he's all right. Chief Commercial Officer of Photon Vault, which is the future, future of energy storage. What? Sounds sexy. Sounds sexy. Welcome, it's John up. Langus. Yay, John Langus. Good, Good to see you both. <laughs> It's good to see your face. We're so happy to have you. Um, we saw each other fairly recently, and I was inspired to, to bring you on because of the leadership and the work that you're doing with Photon Vault, because it's so unique and so interesting. So the first thing I wanted to, to ask you is, can you help for the folks that are going to be watching this video understand kind of what it is? What is this energy storage idea mm -hmm. and why it's so cool? Yeah, of course. Uh, so energy storage is necessary as part of the move to renewable sources of energy. Uh, wind and solar are terrific. They're clean, but they only bring energy when the wind is blowing and the sun is shining. So yeah. that leaves roughly 16 hours a day that we need something else. Hmm. So most of the time um, we use batteries if we want that to be something clean. Um, otherwise, we back it up with fossil fuels. So we are in a an alternative to batteries for that energy storage and we do it at big scale. So grid scale, system scale, many megawatts worth of storage. And we can do that cleaner and safer and cheaper than batteries can. That's very cool. I think you told me, and I think you shared with Bruce too, there's this really cool technology that you guys are using um, that is unique to your business. And uh, I'd love to hear a little bit about that too. Sure. We have, we have several innovations we've made. Um, uh, our CEO, Kent McCormick, he's a physicist, um, came from Berkeley before founding his own software company and running that for uh, 15 years. But the innovations, basically, one of the core innovations uh, drives our economics, makes us more efficient than uh, any of our competition at a lower cost. The other innovation, which is our fancy bricks that store our energy, uh, that drives our scalability. So it makes us very flexible where we can use this in lots of different um, cases. We can use it for short-term duration for just a couple hours of energy, but we can also do like big, 20, 50, 100 hours of energy stored at one time, which is quite unique. Um, no one really can do both of those well. Some people can do the very long stuff. Batteries can do the short stuff. No one really does both except for us. That's some trailblazing. That's yeah, that, there you go. And you are chief commercial officer. And as Gail and I were, were uh, before we were starting our interview, we were like, uh, what? What does that actually mean? Like, Do what is you a commercial? You, yeah, you're, you're, this is a commercial for you. Yes. So, it's right in, in line with your job. So, if we had commercials, it? I would be making them. Yes. <laughs> that would be no, chief, chief commercial officer. Uh, chief commercial officer for us right now, we're a startup. So, we've got a small team. That's uh, everything that isn't finance and accounting or engineering. So, I'm our legal general counsel, um, I'm a lawyer by background. I'm also our head of business development. Um, I do commercial structuring of projects and, and things like that. Um, I'm our lead fundraiser, uh, help with HR, um, all kinds of stuff. Yeah, so yeah. lots of hats. Lots of hats, yeah, lots of yeah, hats. lots of hats. So uh, it's interesting that you said brick earlier, which is your uh, innovation mm -hmm. for, um, for your business. 
because we've developed a training program called Brick Business Relationship IQ. Spelled slightly differently. Yeah, spelled a little bit. A little mm-hmm. bit um, mm-hmm. And when you said you were wearing all those different hats for Photon Vault, I thought about one of the really great skills that is necessary in business today, and that's flexibility and adaptability. Um, so, uh, you know, I'm curious to know when you're out there kind of working um, and and meeting with people, what are those kind of softer power skills that you rely on um, in those conversations to kind of make that very strong connection and become that trusted advisor for your prospective buyers? It's uh, a great question. I think for us at this stage in our company, the biggest thing is the ability to translate. So anytime you're in a startup context, well, not any time, but certainly in our context, we're doing something that people have been doing for a long time, but we're doing it quite differently. And so um, a lot of the potential partners don't really even do renewable energy yet. Some of them do, but most of them don't. And so you're sort of taking a step to introduce them to renewable energy generally, um, why it's becoming much bigger part of the energy industry, whether or not you think it should or it shouldn't, like it definitely is. So you need to be aware of that and, and, and your business needs to be aware of that. And then how do we fit into that? How are we different than something else that you might already be familiar with? Why do we think that we're a better fit now than that might have been when you started using it? All of those sort of things that then in turn require us to understand what their needs are, right? We don't want you to buy a photon vault because of why we want you to buy a photon vault. We want you to buy one because of why you need it. Um, We want to help you succeed and help your business to do what your uh, core mission is. It sounds like storytelling. Yeah, right. It, would you say that's one of your your kind of secret skills, your secret sauce, John, is your ability to to make that connection? And and if so, how do you practice that? What do you do to to make yourself better at that? Well, for me, most of my time in the last year and a half has been on the fundraising, and so that sort of has practice built into it, right? So so I'm doing a anywhere from a five minute to a thirty minute pitch. Um, several times a week to different potential investors, potential partners. Um, so, so the doing it is a lot of practice, but then sort of running through it before, um, before I make the presentation is important as well. But it's also that, that research behind it to know who I'm talking to, right? I can talk to you and say, hey, I know that you're an investor with a lot of money and I need a lot of money. But that's not very compelling, right? Um, I need to say, oh, and I've noticed that you've invested in these three companies as well. Um, Those are closely related to us without being competitors to us. So you can invest with us and sort of uh, expand the range of that bet, um, sort of diversify your interest in this sector, but not compete with one of the companies you're already supporting. I'm curious to know, John, side note. Have you used ChatGPT at all to to basically go to the public knowledge and craft messaging based on the likes and dislikes of the investors that you're going after? I haven't done that. It would be an interesting thing to try. I've, I've mm-hmm. toyed around with ChatGPT a little bit, a little bit of marketing stuff. Um, I was telling Gail this story. That's my favorite ChatGPT story so far. One of the things that I do is, is sort of... Uh, thought leadership within the company. So I'm trying to do more, be more active on my LinkedIn site and and Mm -hmm. publish things every once in a while. And I just haven't been finding the time for that. So 
few months ago, I wanted to do a book review, um, which I had, I had done a lot of that in my last job. And that was a cool way to engage with, with our partners. And so I told Jack, chat GPT to write a book review in my voice uh, of this book. And so I was curious whether there was enough of me out in the world that chat GPT would write it a little bit differently. And it did. And I could see where it was going. It, it did sort of sound like my writing, but it was the wrong book. Totally reviewed the wrong book. So if, if I would have been a ninth grader trying to sneak through my book report, uh, it would have been very unfortunate. That's hilarious. So work in progress. But I like that I like that idea of using it for that specific purpose. I should look into trying that. Yeah, I actually really appreciate the fact that as a as a thought leader, you're engaging your internal team as well to kind of challenge themselves and just stay connected, stay up on trends and, you know, kind of cross pollinate the information and knowledge that you have within your organization. Because to me, when you are, and I've, we both kind of worked in startup world, mm -hmm. it's a lot and it's a lot to process for each uh, business unit. And it's super easy to fall into, this is my swim lane. I'm only, you know, I'm only concentrated on that. Um, you know, I, I only have time to understand my part in this. Uh, so any opportunities, I think, to bring folks together and collaborate in both kind of knowledge expansion and also kind of the direction of the company and strategy and whatnot is, to me, a really, really smart bet. So good on you for that. Yeah, so for sure. We have we have the benefit as a startup of having people that are naturally curious as part yeah. of this early team. Um, but even so, we're also largely... Uh, remote. And so a couple months ago, we had our first time where every employee came together in California, where we're building our prototype. It's the first time a lot of them had met each other. None of us had met every single person yet. Um, so that was fun. And what was really powerful about it was that each of these folks is working on a specific piece of our of our system of our development. And so getting to really be with each other and say, Oh, all right, I've been wondering who is working on this piece. And I hope that someone was now I know it's you. And I know you now and you're super impressive. And so really boosted the confidence of the overall team to see what each of us is independently doing. Do, do you find, John, that you're scheduling more meetings now to to have in persons? You know, we're, we're, of course, big fans of the face to face. We've moved. We, we've kind of swung. It feels like we've swung the pendulum to the, hey, let's do remote as much as we as much as we can. And and we see businesses, you know, the big businesses now, Apple being one of them that are making these decisions like, hey, we we got to have people back in the office. We, we know that collaboration mm -hmm. happens here. Um, are, are, or or mm -hmm. they're just really concerned about their debt and the lease that they pay for those. Well, there's buildings. that too. There's that too. <laughs> so are you finding yourself uh, uh, planning more of those, those get togethers? Yeah, it's, it's definitely a balance. Um, I love in person. Um, hmm. I'm an old school enough guy that I place a lot of value in sitting down in a room with someone. Um, on the, on the customer partner interface side, for sure. But, but also within the team, like you say, as a more senior person, I think back to my junior years, right? And it's one mm -hmm. thing for a bunch of senior people who have been in the industry for a long time, who sort of get like most of the stuff and they're just working together now for the first time. 
that I think you can work through some being remote, but if you're a junior person who's really not only getting to know the personalities of your team, but actually what they substantively do, that I think is a lot harder to do remotely. You know, I, I just think about the, the conversations that you have when you're waiting for a meeting to start. You know, everyone starts trickling in five to 10 minutes early and, and you talk about stuff. You don't just sit there. Um, mm -hmm. despite the fact that we all have our phones, you, you still talk to each other. And then the minutes afterwards, right? When you're walking back to your office and you're, you know, that sort of, that sort of informal consultation is totally lost now, right? We've had yeah. three and a half years where zero of that is happening. And my background again, is a lawyer and thinking about that, that was very valuable as a young lawyer, being able mm -hmm. to talk to other young lawyers, right? Or are you totally freaked out about this too? Do you have an insight of where I can solve this problem? Or talking to the more senior lawyers. Um, that's super valuable. And I, and I worry that we're losing that for a lot of people. Yeah, I think you've hit the nail on the head with that one. One of the things we're seeing and we're hearing from a lot of leaders that we speak with is there is a, a gap in quite a bit of the soft skills and the connections that people make with in terms of connecting with customer and connecting with colleagues because of the disconnect they've been living in for um, for such a long time. I mean, you, we both have older kids. Mm -hmm. um, you still have one that's in uh, a little younger in the younger years. And I can tell you that our, you know, 23 year old would rather jump off a cliff than you know, get on the phone and talk to someone. Mm -hmm. um, can I just text them? And so, you know, learning the nuances of, of all of that is important. What would you say is, you know, the single skill that you might offer to someone junior coming into, let's say, we'll keep it startup because that relates to what you're doing right now. What do you think would serve them really well as they're like ace of spades uh, to, to play when they needed to? I think that totally depends on the role. So for, you know, the lawyers, um, you know, young lawyers, it's all about carefulness, right? Mm -hmm. It's all about, it's all about diligence and carefulness and making sure that you're not overstating your knowledge of the solution, right? It's really hard for really smart people who have succeeded all their lives in school and everything to get comfortable with the idea of saying, you know what, here's what I think um, the answer to this is, but here are the places where I'm unsure and where either there's just not a clear answer yet, and I've done the work to know that, that there's just a gap here and, and we're just, that's a risk, or I haven't spent enough time on this, so I'd like to spend a little bit more time digging on this or that so that I can feel more confident in telling you what I think the answer is. That's a really hard skill to get comfortable with and not feel too vulnerable by expressing it. I, I agree. In fact, what you make me think of is, and you said it earlier about how you have a group of people that are very curious by nature. Mm -hmm. um, we love the phrase, stay less certain and stay more curious. And the idea mm -hmm. to me, how that aligns with what you just said is, you have certainty. There are things you've learned and there's experiences that you have that you bring to the table and you share with others. And, you know, and how do you do it in a way that still lets others know you're open and, and you're measured and, and still curious about what, what you might not know and still come off as credible um, and have influence and persuasion and sway and all those things that 
we know are important, especially in the in the legal field. Yeah, it's the it's the comfort in ambiguity, right? Like that's the that's the thing you're describing of like, hey, I don't have all all the information, so I'm going to give you the best answer I can. Exactly. Understanding that I'm going to learn more as I'm as I'm continuing to research or I'm continuing to have conversations or you know whatever it happens to be. What would you say is the kind of best piece of advice you've had along the road Uh, and maybe not necessarily related to law, even though that's still a part of your work that you do now, more on the side of this this startup entrepreneurial spirit, which you've been involved in 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 quite for quite a few years now. What would you say is that the best piece of advice you've gotten from someone? Um, Maybe sleep on it. Um, and Gail's going to know why that's sort of top of mind for me because I've been reading this book about the importance of sleep um, the last uh, couple of weeks. And, and so sleep and its importance is sort of uh, forefront for me right now. But my previous CEO, Matt Hankey at New Energy Equity, where I was a solar developer, um, he talked a fair amount about how you know he's a very um, decisive leader, one of his significant strengths, but he also knew himself well enough that occasionally there would be a problem that was stickier. Mm-hmm. And so he would very deliberately, occasionally just put it to the side. He knew it was important. He knew that the sooner he could make a decision on it, the better it would be. But nevertheless, he would set that to a side and um, whether literally go and sleep on it, like wait a day or just go away from it for a minute put it down, think about something else, let the ideas that you've been thinking about, let the choices that you've been weighing sort of be on their own for a while, come back to it. And a lot of times there's some clarity there that wasn't there before. Um, hopefully in the meantime, you've been productive on something else and then you can you can make that decision. Yeah, I, I have an image of what you're describing, John, of just like bashing your head against the wall, forgetting that there's a wall there. You just know you're trying to get through it. And and stepping back to get perspective, right, of the entire wall to go, oh, I could actually dig a tunnel. That that would actually be yeah. something I could do. Or, oh, oh, there's a window right there. Yeah. I might be able to climb up and go through it that way. Hey, yeah, thanks. thanks. Yeah, that's I'm right. Like crawling that. through it. Um, just so that our viewers know, John, what is the name of that book and who's the mm-hmm. author? If you, oh, yeah. if you happen to know it, just we'll, we'll call them out as well. It's called Why We Sleep. Uh, it's by a sleep doctor. It's sort of... Um, you know, consolidates all of the learning that people have made and which has been tremendous in the last sort of 25 years since since the introduction of the MRI. Um, hmm. It's really sort of given a lot of horsepower to that sort of branch of science and the number of things that sleep touch um, hmm. in our lives, health, mental health, um, just like virtually everything um, and tying that to the science and why they're confident that that's true. That's awesome. Wow, that's great. So in our last kind of minute here, uh, what advice would you give to folks that are entrepreneurs who have partners and families and knowing that they're going to be dealing with someone who is just nose to the grindstone, there's a lot of um, pressure, et cetera. What advice would you give? This is basically advice for us, apparently, John. So no pressure. uh, Asking for a friend. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I mean, so personally, right? Personally, the biggest challenge is always economic. So everything is going to take longer than you think. Um, Everything is going to cost more than you think. 
and there are going to be right like all of us are used to surprises happening in our lives that cost money right and so if you're in startup mode and you're making less than you're used to or you're making nothing while you while you launch this enterprise those surprises uh are are more difficult to deal with obviously so you know think about that and communicate often with everybody and make sure that you're um you're all aligned there and then on the business side go back go back to first principles all the time right it's very easy to get distracted it's very easy to start going down different paths um and sometimes those are those are good paths to be on but it's always important you know pretty regularly to go back to why you're doing this in the first place and make sure that that's still aligned with why your mission it's still aligned with your business model it's still aligned with your uh with your goal your near-term goal and your long-term goal that you set up yourself i love that because i think it's so easy as entrepreneurs when we you know and to tie those two things together with the economics of mm -hmm. things and the stay focused on kind of the distilled version of this business is that you're like ah no money i can do everything there's other opportunities here let's oh shiny object yeah. so i think it's there's, it turns out there's a lot of shiny there's objects a lot of shiny there's a object. lot so great advice yeah. really great advice yeah. um John, it's been amazing chatting with you and, and learning a little bit more about you as a leader and also the business and getting great advice for entrepreneurs. Us, and us. I mean, whatever. It's fine. It's whatever. It's fine. <laughs> and, um, Always a and pleasure to talk to you guys. And yeah. uh, thank you. I'm glad you didn't put me on the spot for an, an improv exercise here. Yeah. Uh, uh, yeah. Uh, yes. Well, maybe we'll do that. No, we're not going to do that. So, uh, <laughs> so thank you, John Langus. We'll, uh, we'll look forward to talking with you soon.